beloved. Welcome to My Strength and My Shield, a podcast about spiritual and self-care. This is episode seven, the one about this damn election. I hope that this episode finds you well, and if not well, that it finds you feeling okay. And if not okay, well, I hope that it finds you with the strength to just get out of bed. Because to be honest with you, the past couple of days have been hard. And as you can tell by the title of this episode, we're going to talk about this election. I hope that in talking about the matter, maybe from a different perspective, a Christian perspective, that this can help with some of the healing. Because I know so many people right now have a heavy heart. Before we get into the topic, I would like to say thank you to all the people who have been supporting the podcast, either through uh, sending me an email or just listening, whether you've been here from the beginning or this is your first episode. It's really a pleasure to continue with this project that ultimately has a healing aspect of it for me. Uh, It encourages my spiritual growth, and I hope that it's doing the same for you as well. I also want to apologize for um, missing the last episode uh, in terms of the schedule. I know that I've been saying that I put it out on the first and third Sunday, but uh, I got a little bit off track. Some of you may know that I recently found out that I passed the bar and it's been a whirlwind of excitement and celebration with family and friends um, to celebrate passing this the exam that took so much out of me and to finally be on the road to being like an actual attorney, something I've been preparing for for the bulk of my life. So thank you for the kind words. And I hope that, you know, just send a couple of prayers to me uh, if you can. It's not, you know, completely done. I still have to go through being sworn in, but it's, it's to be done with the exam, to be done with law school. I feel blessed. I feel lighter. I feel happier. And even though we're in a sucky position right now, dealing with the, uh, the results of the election, I still am feeling really happy and relieved by having passed the exam and being able to take some steps to be the woman of God that, you know, God wants me to be, to be able to use the skills and things that I've learned in law school to affect change and to be positive in other people's lives. I also would like to say that I've also been um, thinking about having weekly podcast episodes I find myself throughout the week thinking of so many different topics that I'd like to discuss. And, you know, you know, the support has been there. And I think I might start to put out some episodes every week. That's going to require a little bit more effort on my part, just in terms of setting time apart to between being an attorney, because I am working as an attorney right now as a criminal defense attorney for indigent clients, but also just wanting to improve the quality of the podcast. So look out for opportunities to help uh, by either donating or I might set up Patreon um, just in terms of like having people support the podcast um, and support what we have going on here, which is just an open, honest conversation about spirituality and self-care. So as we always begin every episode, I'm going to start with prayer. And there is no accompanying worksheet that's going with this episode. You can still check out www.mystrengthandmyshield.com just for past episodes and past uh, worksheets that to go along with it. But really, this episode is going to be more of a conversation. So um, sit tight if you're able to just close your eyes and bow your head so that we can go forward in prayer. And if not, just extend your spirit so that we can make sure that we orient ourselves 
in talking about this topic towards Christianity and our faith and, and God and letting God guide us through such a difficult time. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing us together for another opportunity to have conversations about difficult things. A lot of people right now are feeling confused and lost and upset and angry, and it's justified. You are a God that understands how we feel emotionally. You don't judge us for the ways that we feel. You don't shame us for being upset. You know that being a human being on this earth is difficult. But you also remind us that turning to you as a God of peace, a God of order amidst chaos is important. So I pray that this conversation as we move forward, that the purpose is to find peace and calm, but also to motivate us to change, to be positive influences in such a messed up world. I pray that you just open the hearts and minds of people who maybe have started to have a cold heart of feeling so disappointed and dejected that they've started to close their hearts to the idea of hope. And I pray that you just open those hearts, that you unshackle people from the fear of what is tomorrow going to look like with a president like Trump. I pray that you just keep us you know, focused on you with a heart and a mind that is oriented towards you and the love that you want us to spread in this world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So here we are, it's after election day, and unless you've been living under a rock, you know that Trump was elected president in this country. Not by the popular vote, but he he's the president-elect. Now, in thinking about whether or not I wanted to do a podcast about this topic, I first had to assess was I emotionally able to talk about this topic in a way that wasn't just me ranting and being upset? Because that's exactly how I felt after this election. I stayed up until 3 a.m. watching the results, waiting, praying for the results to change. And even though it seemed more and more like Hillary wasn't going to win, I still prayed. I was like, you know, only 80% of the polls are reporting. Only 93% are reporting. Maybe there's just a bucket of votes, millions of votes that just haven't been counted that would be going towards Hillary Clinton. To go to work the next day and to, you know, I work at a pretty liberal place, you know, as a public defender, there are so many people that are focused on helping those who cannot help themselves, the people who need government assurances and protections of rights. And everyone was so depressed. Like the, the weather matched the terrible day. It was gloomy. It was gross. You know, men were showing up to the office with, with no shave. Like they didn't shave their face. Women had kind of just tossed clothes on. And you could just tell that it's been a rough night. And even the day after the election, a lot of the, specifically the women in my office, were just livid at the fact that she hadn't been elected. And what this election represents, whether or not you supported Hillary, as an individual or you liked her or any of that, it would be foolish to not understand the gravity of the fact that she lost this election. I'm not gonna go into why she lost, although I can tell you straight up that 
it doesn't make sense to point out or to blame minorities for not showing up in XYZ because there needs to be a larger conversation about the white people in this country who are comfortable putting their privilege ahead of the fact that there are people in this country that are fighting for their lives and they're fighting for their rights and they're fighting for those rights that are supposed to be guaranteed to us from the Constitution. And there is a very heavy population of people who would do anything to make sure that they get their privilege protected and they don't care about the people's lives that are affected by voting in someone like Donald Trump. So that was my rant. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to rant, but how, how can you not in a situation like this? Um, but I first, I do want to talk about how do we move forward in this kind of situation and not in a way that's like, okay, it happened, it's over, move on with your life, but more so dealing with those real emotions of the confusion about what's going to happen with this country. There's a lot of fear, there's a lot of anger, and it makes sense. It's impossible to, if you are a person that understands the kind of person that Trump is and what it represents for him to have been elected, it's almost, it's impossible to not be worried about the future. If you've been paying attention you, you, it's, I can't imagine how, especially if, I mean, if you're tuning into this podcast, you know the kind of person that I am. So you shouldn't be surprised by the fact that I, you know, supported Hillary being elected, not because I supported her as a person or I thought that she would be my bestie, but because I knew how important it was to have her elected instead of Donald Trump. So in having conversations, it's important that we talk about what it means to navigate this political system as Christians. Because that's important. There is no way to compartmentalize your personal life versus your spiritual life versus your political life. And there are people in this country that feel like you shouldn't mix politics with Christianity. But I'm telling you right now, as a black person that was raised in the black church, I have seen and been raised in the tradition of understanding that we have a God of justice and that although we are supposed to be in the world, but not of it, you are called to be a champion of justice and righteousness in a messed up world. You are called to be a light on a hill, set apart from the messed up things in this world. So how do we grapple with moving forward and being Christians in this society where we may have real feelings of anger and hurt, but we are called to move forward and to do things to benefit this world? So there are two things that I want you to keep in mind as your role as a Christian in this chaotic world. The first thing is that as a Christian, you are called to love. Now more than ever is the time to be an advocate for love. And I don't just mean that you're a person that loves the people who you know. You know that as a Christian, we are called to love people, especially when they're in need. We follow a savior who was, who was passionate about supporting those who are poor, supporting people who others wouldn't take care of because they thought they were sick or disabled. It is, we know that that's the kind of God that we serve, that we're not just supposed to sit in the fact that we are covered by grace and covered by the blood and think, okay, it's enough. I love God. God loves me. And that's it. You are called, you are charged with being a champion for love. So what does that mean? What does it mean to love people? It, it can seem so abstract. What I'm telling you is that this is the time for you to check 
yourself and your privilege and the things that you are unable to move past. If you are a Christian that is still holding on to the fact that you think that people who are gay are an abomination, this is the time for you to let it go. If you are a person that does not care about the, the, the lives of those who are trans, who are targeted because of their gender expression, it is time for you to wake up. You are not called to be the arbiter of deciding how people should live their life. And most importantly, you know that you are called to not judge. I don't care what the scripture says. There are a lot of parts of the Bible that are difficult to deal with and less difficult to deal with when you understand the context and the, the reason why certain scriptures applied in the past but aren't necessarily something that you should be focusing on in terms of deciding who you love and who you don't love. But I'm telling you that you need to grow in your Christianity and grow in your faith and let go. It is not up for you to decide that if a person is, is, is gay, that it means that they don't deserve love. It also is a time for you to step outside of your bubble and understand if you are a U.S. citizen, you are in a position of privilege because there are people in this country, or if you've been born in this country, there are people who are um, immigrants, undocumented, who are human beings that are being talked about as if they are terrorists or rapists or criminals. They are being targeted. If you have been paying attention, you know that there are hate crimes against people in the LGBT community, against people who are Muslim, against people who are Mexican, against anyone that looks different than the status quo. If that is, if those are some of the ideals that you've been holding on to, you need to let it go. There are people who are losing their lives, their loved ones, and their dignity. There are people who are terrified of the fact that you, there's a man in office who brags about sexually assaulting women, who has no problem cri criminalizing human beings, who thought that stop and frisk, which has been declared unconstitutional in, the, in New York and in the United States, generally there is an understanding that stop and frisk is wrong that he had no problem talking about the lives of police officers, not caring that there is police brutality and that there are black folk in this country who are terrified to leave their house. This country has elected a bigot and you need to check yourself if you feel like some of the things that Trump said in his campaign, if you listen to that and you're like, hmm, he's got a point there. If you are a person that was agreeing with Trump in some of the bombastic things that he was saying, you need to check yourself and you need to let it go because you are called as a Christian to love. I don't care what anybody's doing with their life. There are, there's no one so perfect that you can decide who is and who is not deserving of God's love. That is not your job. That is not your role. And moving forward, it is time to educate yourself, do some research, read up on some books, read up on understanding how people who are not like you live. And that includes black folk. Understand that, yes, we're struggling. But there's the inter this thing called intersectionality. So there are black people who are also black Muslims. There are black people who are also immigrants. There are black people who are part of the LGBT community. Step outside of yourself and encourage yourself and encourage those around you to be an advocate for love.
And love does not mean that you have to, you know, go around hugging people. I mean, if that's what you want to do, I'm not going to discourage you. But love simply means to eliminate the hate that you may have been building up either from your life or your circumstances and to be able to step into somebody else's shoes. Imagine what it feels like to be terrified in different ways. This is a time for understanding. This is a time for judgment. This is what you are called to do. You are called to love. You know who your savior is. You know that in a time when people were judging women and seeing them as not worthy, Jesus was proud to be, to have women that he fellowshiped with. He healed. He was a giver. He was a, a God of charity. You know that you are called to do more than sit in judgment and to be sit idly by while people are being, having their lives threatened because of hate. No, that, that was the first thing to keep in mind. As a Christian, you're called to love. The second thing is that as a Christian, you are called to fight for justice. If anyone has told you that being a Christian means that you are, you know, a person that's supposed to just, I don't know, just wait on the Lord and he will take care of everything. That's true. You know that you serve a God who will always work in your favor, always work on your behalf. But you also know that the Bible says a man that does not work does not eat. And he tells you that faith without works is dead. So you know that we serve a God that tells us that you have to take a stand, that you have to be active, that you have to be a proactive Christian, that it is not enough for you, again, to sit covered by the blood under grace and feel like, you know, I'm taking care of me and mine, so I'm just going to do me. You are called to action. The scripture that I want to point you to is Isaiah 117 and that says learn to do good seek justice correct oppression bring justice to the fatherless plead the widow's cause learn to do good seek justice correct oppression bring justice to the fatherless plead the widow's cause the first part of that is learn to do good that means that there are times when you might have to check yourself and understand that learning how to do good, even when you're struggling, even when you yourself feel bad, it is a process. You have to learn to do good despite your circumstances. In terms of seeking justice, it means stepping outside of yourself and being active in seeking roles to be an advocate for justice. Correct oppression. That means going beyond just you yourself knowing what is right and wrong and being unafraid to turn to your neighbor and say, that's not okay. If you go to work and you hear someone talking about a wall, you need to say, that's not okay. If you have someone talking about all lives matter, you need to say, that's not okay. Now, the caveat to that is, of course, it shouldn't come at the cost of your safety or your mental health. So if you feel like you, you know, going around correcting people is making you feel low and depressed and exhausting you, obviously I'm not telling you to go to that extreme. But it's important that we don't allow other people to make us feel uncomfortable because of the bigoted opinions that they hold. Correct them. No, it's not okay for you to say, don't say that stuff around me. It is not okay for you to talk about, um, if you know that there's a trans woman, it's not okay for you to use the wrong pronoun or to make jokes about people being confused if they're bi or if they're gay or if they're trans. Correct it. Bring justice to the fatherless and plead the widow's cause. 
the purpose of this is, you know, it's not just about the fact that there are people who are orphaned or people who are widows. It is the spirit of understanding that there are people in need. Bring justice. It's an active call to action. And pleading the widow's cause, plead. Use every, every ounce of strength that you have. Again, I'm not asking you to do more than what you're physically able to do, but plead, insist, advocate that people know that there are people who are suffering. And just by using the power of your word, you can change some things. I know that it feels hopeless. I know that if you're a person who voted, you might feel like, you know, Nisi, what are you talking about? My actions matter. Look, I voted and it clearly didn't matter. I'm telling you that it does. It is the voice of the enemy that tells you that you don't matter and that there's nothing you can do. And when I say the enemy, I'm talking in a Christian way, and I'm also talking about the enemies in this country that specifically wanted, their, their avenue for getting Donald Trump into office was voter suppression. They wanted you to feel like your voice didn't matter. They didn't want you to vote. For all those black people who think the black vote doesn't matter, if you see how hard these racist people did everything in their power to make sure that we couldn't vote, to limit our voice, you would understand that they know the power of the black vote and it's time for you to understand that as well. Learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless and plead the widow's cause. So those are the things that you can do, like those are the things you keep in mind. So what are the things that you can do you know, like a lot of the things I was talking about is like a paradigm shift, correcting yourself so that you know how to, um, you know, know that you're called to love and correcting oppression. Those are things that you have to do in your mind. Those are the shifts that you have to make. So what are some things that you can actually do? The first thing is you need to take care of yourself. If you need to take a break from social media, do so. If you need to talk to other people who are angry so that you can vent, do so. If you've been looking for a sign to see a therapist, this is your sign. Do what you have to do to take care of yourself because you cannot, you know, if you are a person that does feel a fire to, to make change, if you're not taking care of yourself, this world will consume you. Take care of yourself. Value your spiritual, your spiritual well-being. Do what you have to do to make sure that you have the energy to do this fight because it's going to be a long four years, a long four years. And although that can, make, that can be depressing, it could also motivate you to take action. The second thing is take care of the people you love in your community. I'm telling you that one of the things that I realized about being a Christian is that when we are too insular and we're focusing on our suffering and our own individual pains, we isolate ourselves and we don't do what we're called to do. Because if you spend time thinking, this is terrible, this is awful, there's nothing that I can do, this, I, I can't, I'm low. Feel those feelings, I mean, those feelings are valid, but what I'm going to tell you is that having those feelings consume you means that you're not paying attention to the person to your left or right who may have it worse. You have to pour into other people. Yes, it is hard when you're feeling low to talk to someone else who, who's also feeling low, but it may surprise you how being an ear to somebody else will make you feel good. It feels good to help out. If you want to do some community service, 
in a community that either is yours or maybe somebody else's. If you've never considered um, you know, going to a, a local town hall talking about um, you know, issues with immigration, if you've never been a person who's, I don't know, volunteered at a shelter that, that protects LGBT youth, I know for me, one of the things that I, you know, through my job, I do advocate for indigent, you know, our clients are poor, but we also have a huge immigration, uh, immigrant population in Brooklyn, whether it's people who are West Indian or people who are Mexican or people from all across the world. There are people who need advice and an ear to, to, to listen to what's going on in this world. Do what you can for the populations that either look like you represent you or maybe step outside of yourself and pour into a community that you've never considered volunteering in. It's rewarding. I promise you that when you step outside of yourself, it can be therapeutic. A form of self-care is pouring into other people because it feels good. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean crossing the line into being a person that's only doing good to benefit, you know, so that it, you can get that pat on the back. Like, don't go around saying that you're an ally and all that kind of stuff. Just do good because that's what you're supposed to do. Do good because that's what your Lord calls you to be. Give. Give where you can. Again, remember the first thing. You have to take care of yourself. So don't pour into other people at the expense of your own mental health and spirituality. But maybe this is the time, if you're a person who's been a Christian but hasn't gone to church, maybe this is the time you go to church and you find a spiritual home. You find a place that does community service. Invest in your community. Invest in other people. The other thing you can do is take action. Speak up. You know, maybe this is the time to start a blog. Maybe you've been on Twitter talking about one thing and this is the time to start to talk about how frustrating things are around you. Now, one of the things that's been frustrating to me about this election is the way that the media talks about Donald Trump in a way that's like, wow, look at his meteoric rise and he did what nobody else could do. And they're, they're focused on the fact that he won and how crazy it is that he even won in the first place. There has to be a shift where we criticize and we keep our eye open to the hypocrisy of a man like that. It's not he's elected, oh my gosh, the, you know, the next four, day, four years are going to be terrible. It's pinpoint and pick out exactly why he's messed up. Because he's going to do something stupid. I can feel it. He's going to do something stupid. And if we focus as a country on, you know, treating him like he's a reality star instead of a man who is supposed to be accountable for the messed up things that he does and says. He will get away with murder. And so you have to speak up. I know sometimes it's uncomfortable. Again, don't do it at the expense of your mental health or your safety. If you are in a red state, I know that that is difficult when you're in a situation where you're terrified that this, you know, the white person next to you, was this a person who voted for Trump? You know, I, I can't imagine the paranoia that has to come with that understanding. I remember when I went apple picking with my boyfriend and we went upstate to, you know, in upstate New York and I saw all the Trump signs. I was like, in my state? I was so isolated in my city. I couldn't believe that there were people just a couple of hours away from us that were just racists. And I know they exist, like I'm not stupid. I'm just saying like to, to see it with your own eyes, it's, it's, it's something. But again, speak up, 
you know, maybe you want to start a podcast. Maybe you want to speak up um, on your college campus and get involved with protests. There's a lot of protests going on. Do what you have to do. Speak up. Use your voice. There are so many people that want you to feel like your voice doesn't matter. And I'm here to tell you that it does. And it's the spirit of the enemy that will make you feel like you don't matter, but you do. This is a call to action. This is a wake up call. You know, one of the, and I'll link it, um, you know, one of the things that, that called me to want to make this podcast episode is I watched uh, a video on YouTube called Why Trump Won My Passionate Response, and it's by Bronze Goddess 01. And I love her as a YouTuber in general, but she was talking about how important it is to not forget that there is a purpose in everything. Now, I'm not saying that God wanted Trump to be elected. I don't know. I can't say that. And it's just like, I can't even fathom the idea that whew, any good could come from this. But sometimes it's a wake-up call. There was a lot of apathy, a lot of complacency at this election. People were so dejected that they didn't even get out and vote. And again, I'm not blaming the people who you know voted third party because we all know that if you crunch the numbers, you know it's not just as simple as saying, well, if you voted third party, you should have, you know, you took away a vote from Hillary because it's not that simple. But there's a lot of apathy on the side of the righteous and a lot of vile passion on the side of the unrighteous. There are people in this country who will, you know, get out of their bed and vote for Harambe. There are people that will get out of there, don't know anything about the policies of Trump, but will vote because it's like, I feel safer with a white man in power. There are women who heard the vile things that Trump said and were just like, you know what? My whiteness is way more important than the safety of women like me. It's, it's difficult to think about it, but that video, and I'm going to link it, it pushes you to know that there is purpose, that it's not that your life is meaningless. There are people who will say that, but there's a lot of people who are struggling with their mental health. There was, you know, stories of people who committed suicide after finding out about um, the election and feeling so low and depressed, people drinking and just, uh, I'm not saying that those feelings are not valid, but I'm encouraging you to see this as a call to action. This is a lesson. This is a lesson to people who thought that an election would be easy, who thought, well, Barack won, so Hillary's going to win. If his base shows out, then she will win. It's not enough. We are an intensely divided country, and there's people full of hate. You have to speak up. The other thing is, um, if you're white and you're listening to this podcast, um, you don't. you need to speak up. Uh, apathetic white people, it's, it's, <laughs> it's dangerous. If you're the kind, I saw people that were like, you know, I'm afraid to go home for like people. So there are a lot of people in my office that work in New York, but they may be from like Minnesota or, you know, Georgia or something like that. And they're like, I don't even want to go home for Thanksgiving because I don't want to talk to my family members. No, you need to go talk to some of your family members. Your racist grandma and your racist father and your racist mother all need to have a conversation. Don't excuse people for their bigotry. There's no excuse for it. I don't care where you were raised or what's wrong with you. You have no excuse to look at somebody and think they are not human. 
I don't care where you're from. I don't care. In every situation where there are people who decide to hate, there's someone next door who decides to love. Race, racism, being racist and being a bigot is a choice. You choose to decide that you are better than people and that your life matters more. So if you are a white person, if you're feeling dejected, and again, especially, you know, there are a lot of passionate white people who are flabbergasted that they live in a country like this. But I'm telling you that if you just turn into your little hole and, and you feel like, well, you know, the next election, things will be better. You are doing a disservice. You are included in that Bible verse that says, seek justice and correct oppression. You cannot, if you are in a position of privilege and a position of power and you don't use that privilege to better this world, you are disappointing the God that calls you to correct oppression. Call out your racist friends and your coworkers because there are people of color who are afraid to open their mouths. There are people who are not cis, who are not straight, who are terrified to even put up a Facebook post. So if you are in a position of privilege and you turn your back, it is people like you who have made it that this, this situation can be in. And I, I'm sounding angry and I'm sounding passionate because I am, because as a person who is not, um, you know, in the majority, I still understand the power of privilege. I still understand that I have privilege as a, um, a cis person, a privilege as a person who is, you know, now an attorney and is, is now of means. Um, you know, I know that I'm a position of privilege for being straight and for being a Christian. If I didn't use my platform to speak up and correct people, I would be doing a disservice. So please, 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 I'm begging you, do not be an apathetic white person. Do not be an apathetic person of privilege generally. You have to use your positions of power and influence to benefit those around you. You're called to do so. No, don't just listen to Nisi. This is what you're called to do. And finally, for a thing that you can do, pay attention and get involved in local politics and vote in 2018. Typically, Democrats come out in droves for the presidential elections, but we don't come out for local elections. There's a lot of things that you need to educate yourself about if you don't already know about gerrymandering and drawing zones and, and who, how the districts that count up the votes for the presidential election are determined is also determined by those local elections, by elections for things like governors and senators. We have to get out. Get out and vote. Advocate for other people and pay attention because the media, we've elected someone who is a reality TV star. And so the media's obsession with him is going to be that of reviewing him like he's some kind of spe special celebrity. You have to pay attention. I found it really frustrating. You know, for example, I listen to the NPR politics podcast and I'm kind of just annoyed at the insistence on being neutral. I know that there's journalistic integrity, but when the world is falling apart, you have to know that talking about Donald Trump as if he's some kind of magical, mystical beast that defied the system and talking about him like he deserves a modicum of respect, you have to know that that is doing a disservice to the people who listen to your podcast. And so today I listened to Keeping It 1600 and they were very open about how important it is to point out how messed up it is that we have this president, that we have to do an adequate understanding of the, the ordinances and, and policies that Barack Obama implemented and that Trump and his Republican Congress can take that all away. 
Take action, speak up, use your privilege, and pay attention to local politics. So to wrap all of this up, there are two things that I'd like you to keep in mind. As a Christian, you are called to love, and as a Christian, you are called to fight for justice. And there are things that you can do. First, you have to take care of yourself. Know that you are loved, know that you matter, and take steps to make sure that you never forget it, no matter what's going on in politics. Take care of your life, your life matters, despite the fact that people tell you that it doesn't. Take care of the people you love and invest into your community, pour into somebody else. Do not isolate yourself in a way that makes you feel like there's nothing you can do. There is always something you can do. And finally, take action, speak up, use your privilege and pay attention, vote, get involved, wake up. Typically at the end of the podcast, I do read a question that someone has sent in and then give a response. Today, I want to do something a little different, and I want to read a little bit of a letter that was written to me, um, just because I think it's important to share just some of the support for what's going on in this podcast, but also the the transformative way that reorienting the way that we think about self-care and spirituality can have a positive effect on the rest of our lives. So I'm going to read a little bit of the letter. Obviously, I'm going to keep it anonymous. And I just want to say thank you to the person that sent this in. It's, it's really beautiful to read. Nisi, I've been a longtime follower of your Tumblr blog, and I'm so thankful for your podcast. Your podcast aid me in prioritizing my relationship with God, and I am now in search of a Bible study group and plan to stay connected with my pastor from home. Your episode on being addicted to achievement resonated with me. I've never heard someone explain my relationship to education, leadership, and accolades so well. All throughout undergrad, I was involved in several organizations, and it came at the expense of my well-being. I graduated and started grad school, and I promised myself that I wouldn't overextend myself anymore and would prioritize my relationship with God. But now I'm the president of organizations, a graduate assistant, an intern, and by the end of the day, I'm so tired that I let my relationship with God slip, and I don't call and connect with my relatives as often as I should. I've actually convinced myself that not talking to friends and family back home is okay while I'm, in, I'm here Excuse me, at school succeeded. I've had two family members ask me if they did anything wrong because I didn't talk to them for so long. It's great to be seen as a leader and to be the go-to person, but it comes at the cost that I'm no longer comfortable with paying. I thank God for my inclination towards hard work and leadership, but I need to refine it and not be in a mad dash collect to collect as many titles as I can. I love how you mentioned the pressure that you felt to succeed coming from immigrant parents and knowing that academic achievement was the only way to achieve. In my case, I felt that as a black male, I have had to be eminently qualified to excel in my field. As I collect one achievement, I'm already looking ahead to the next opportunity, and when opportunities run dry over the summer, I'm not emotionally well. I've applied for a variety of summer internships and nothing has come through. There has never been a point in my life where I felt like such an absolute failure. I suffered from intense anxiety and didn't know what to do without a title. I didn't have anything to do than work a job that I hated. At, at a point, 
I was frantically calling and emailing organizations around town to see if they would want an intern because I was desperate for anything. Thankfully, I made it through the summer and learned a lot about myself, my inclination towards workaholism, my inclination towards anxiety, and my tendency to allow God, family, and friends to slip away while I work. I first, you know, I really just appreciate the honesty and transparency of this letter. And I want to just echo how important it is to just take care of yourself. Whether we're talking about the work that I just described doing of, you know, as a result of the election or just the, the ways that we can become so distracted by the things that we end up worshiping. I've also done a podcast on the things that we worship. If you can end up worshiping a job or a relationship or an internship or a title and have it consume you so much that you lose sight of how important things are. I can tell you that, you know, while I was studying in undergrad and oftentimes in law school, I would also do the same thing that you described, which was to tell myself I'm succeeding and I'm, I'm working hard. I don't have time to talk to other people. You are called to do so much more than that. It is not enough for you to use your Christianity as a shield where you can feel good about yourself and you forget how important it is to pour into other people. It's often interesting that there are a lot of fields of work that are centered around doing good things for other people, like working at a nonprofit or being a doctor or being an attorney or being a professor that are supposed to be about helping other people. But we can be so consumed with doing what we want to do that we forget that this is supposed to serve God. Even in your profession, even if you, you work at, I don't know, a Burger King, you can inject God into that work. You can be a positive voice. You can be a shoulder to cry on. You can have a smile on your face to a customer that can brighten their whole entire day. I'm begging you to take care of yourself and to do not to make excuses to not pay attention to what's going on in the world and to not use the gifts, talents, and abilities that you have and even your privilege to make the lives of other people better. that brings us to the end of this episode i hope that this episode has helped you to parse through some of the feelings that you have as a result of this election and inspire you to take care of yourself and maybe take a couple of days off and recoup but then to also know that you are called to love and you're called to seek justice and to promote justice in your community and for those that you love i know that there may be people who are like you know niecy says she's a christian but the title says damn in it I get a lot of that sometimes um, when I, you know, people see it as hypocritical to have certain views as a Christian. And there may be some things that I said in this podcast that you don't agree with. But I implore you, I beg of you to just step outside of yourself and understand that you are human and Christians are human too. And it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be frustrated. As long as in that frustration, you remember to seek God, seek God above all else even when it's a motivation for change, allow it to give you a sense of peace and calm in the chaos and motivate you to take action. Thank you for listening. As always, you can find uh, more information at www.mystrengthandmyshield.com. Look out for more episodes. And also, if you have any questions or if you have a letter that you, you'd want me to read over the uh, podcast, you can send me an email at strengthandshieldpodcast at gmail.com. Everything will remain anonymous, and it's just an opportunity to share and to fellowship. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourself, beloved.